0: Yeah. Hey, come on. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in in today's episode. I am joined by Jimmy the Sandstorm Sandlin, or is it perhaps Jimmy, the Sharknado Sandlin? Stay tuned, and you will see as this young fighter ascends to the top of the sport, we will get to see which nickname he runs with. Currently, according to Tapology, it is Jimmy, Sandstorm Sandlin. Will it be Sharknado? Only time will tell. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're a fan of The Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. VeerCast Digital Media. VeerCast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs VeerCast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. We are now gonna head to the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line where I am joined by Jimmy Sandstorm Sandlin. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm great, man. Just got back home uh from my last fight
1: and just taking care of business now and getting settled back in.
0: Um, I, I show that you're, you say from your last fight, of course, that was, uh, for combat global just a few days ago, right? Yeah. Friday. And then I got back on Saturday, Saturday night. Okay. And you actually, Jimmy, it's been a few, it's been a while since I've chatted with you. Um, it, can we do a little bit of a backstory? Are you okay on time? I want to uh, do a pretend like this is the first time I've ever interviewed you. If it's all right, Jimmy, is that okay? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's great. I'm good on time too. Great, Jimmy Sandlin is 27 years old. Um, Jimmy, where did you grow up at? Um, what kind of family did you come from? What kind of sports did you play when you were a little kid? What kind of childhood did you have?
1: I'm from Carlisle, Ohio, Southwest Ohio. Anybody doesn't know where that's at. Um, you know, uh, my parents had me when they were teenagers, and uh, most of our family kind of lives in Kentucky, but we we have some close family. We have family close by. Um, so we're, we're a little spread out, but we make things happen. And then growing up, I, I played a lot of sports. Growing up, I did soccer, baseball, football, track, cross country. But I mostly wrestled, and that's really where like, the MMA got its start it was just for me wrestling. I always wanted to be a pro athlete, and wrestling was just my best sport, and really the only outlet to be a professional is MMA, or if
0: you're a really big guy, WWE, but <laughs> I'm not a big guy. Now, you say you're – Jimmy, I, I didn't know that about you. Your parents had you when they were teenagers. I know that's a very personal thing, but how how old were they? Um, I mean, they were 18 or 19 – 18 and 19. My okay.
1: dad's a year older.
0: Okay, so, so I mean, they were like, pretty young.
1: Yeah, young on the tail end of the teenage years, but I, I've got a little boy, and I didn't have him, so I was maybe 25, 26. But I I couldn't imagine being eighteen or nineteen having a a kid.
0: Sure, yeah, that, that's still pretty young, especially by today's standards in twenty twenty two. yeah, if someone has a kid and at age eighteen or nineteen, yeah, that that's very young. But back in nineteen ninety four, it was also so interesting. That's definitely a little little uh, detail I did not know about you previously. Most of your families in Kentucky. Uh, what part of Kentucky? A lot of my family live
1: in my Somerset, the Hazard area, and then Buckhorn. Okay. Really small really small area. But a lot of them, a good amount, live in like Buck, uh, Somerset and Hazard.
0: Okay. Very cool. Did not know that. Um, and so you grew up playing sports. Obviously, wrestling was the, the sport that stuck with you the most what age did you start wrestling I started wrestling when I was in first grade
1: I was probably five or six but we didn't start taking that serious until about fifth or sixth grade but I mean that's still pretty young to be involved in wrestling as well
0: sure very cool okay um and so you were you on the what was it was there like a traveling team and and Uh, up until fifth or sixth grade, or did you have to wait till you got into middle school to, to really compete in wrestling? Um, I did club wrestling, like traveling, uh, like fifth or sixth grade,
1: but, um, kind of like my dad got me and my brother, I've got a brother. He's a year younger than me. So he got us into the traveling team and the club sports and stuff. Um, pretty much he he just saw potential in us. Like we worked hard. We were, we had a lot of success. I mean, like the youth level kind of doesn't matter, but compared to like what we were doing, he was like, well, let's take this a step further and see how good we really are. So we got exposed to more like advanced and upper level wrestling, even coaches too. Like all my coaches were pretty much, division one, all Americans or champs or Olympic level athletes. So to be involved in that, like in junior high and then high school, like that was just steps ahead of the game. Really?
0: What, what high school did you wrestle for?
1: I wrestled for Carlisle high school. Um, it's a pretty small town. Um, it's it's in Southwest Ohio. So it's about, maybe 30, 30 to 40 minutes north of Cincinnati. Um, and then we were like, there's three divisions in Ohio. So we were mostly division three. And then when I was in high school, we bumped up to division two. Um, just pretty much like, it's like the smaller in school and the, the medium sized schools.
0: Very cool. And so you have a brother who is, what is he? 26 years old now? Yep. What does he, he just do?
1: turned 26 in April.
0: What what does he do? Tell us about your brother. You said he wrestled growing up too. I assume he never pursued fighting.
1: No. Ah oh, man, he easily could have. He actually would probably be a lot better than me. Um wrestling man, he had so much success. We were kind of like opposites though. Like I was a kid that had to work hard. Um I mean, now I I did have some natural talent, but I was doing three or four workouts a day, six to seven days a week. Like my brother, bare minimum and try to skip practice if he could, but he could just, when the spotlight was on, man, he could just beat everybody. Like he has wins over Alex Marinelli and uh, Mark Hall, two really good division one wrestlers right now, among other wrestlers that he's beat. Um, he, He had more success than me in high school but he actually quit playing sports from his jun- junior to senior year. Just kind of wanted to focus on football, which really wasn't the smartest move for him. But, um, man, yeah, he had so much talent, man. Like, like he's he's one of those guys that, like, you'd kill to have that kind of skill. And he didn't have to work for it. He was just super naturally talented. And, uh, man, he could have been... Like special, really good. And if he would have gotten to fighting, I think he'd be a lot better than me too. Like he'd probably fight at least 135, maybe 125 as like a professional. He's smaller than me, but he's really good. Really good. Like he's a gamer, you know, like when the spotlight's on, he just, he has what it takes to win.
0: Wow. And, and what does he do now? Um He, he just works a, a full-time job, okay. um, spends time with
1: his girlfriend, and just, just kind of paying all the bills that he has, you know, just taking care of business. Um, Very cool. Just really relaxed. And then he likes to spend family time with us too, you know. And uh, he loves coming around my little boy. And my son has...
0: A lot of fun playing with them. Wow. I <laughs> so mean, pretty, sounds like pretty son, much
1: just like a norm, normal guy. Yeah. It
0: sounds like your son will have some serious positive influences if he decides to get into wrestling.
1: <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Um, man, he's super energetic. He runs around all day, loves to go outside and, uh, pretty much he, he comes to the gym when I train, um, al- almost every day. There might be a a couple days during the week where we don't bring him, but he's around the mats, people grappling, people striking, so he's seen it all right now. And I think he'll, I think he'll definitely wrestle. Um, I mean, I'm going to put him in wrestling, but I'll try not to push him too hard right away, you know. Um, but you know, he might fall in love with it. maybe wants to go the
0: MMA route too, but only time will tell, you know? Sure. Now, Jimmy, you, uh, in 2016, you decided to start your MMA. Actually, let, let's continue with your story. So I apologize. We talked about your, your high school career. Uh, what, what went into you choosing which college you were going to go to and, and what, what type of decision went into that when you decided to wrestle in college? Oh, man. (laughs) So, um, you know, when I was
1: in high school, I didn't have the kind of success I was hoping for my freshman, sophomore year. So my whole junior year, I was like, well, we'll start looking at the big picture. I was actually thinking about going to the military straight out of high school. Wasn't even considering wrestling. Um, I I stuck with wrestling just because... You know, it's going to keep me in shape and out of trouble and just kind of, I know how to do it. So, you know, may as well finish out my high school career and, uh, I had a lot of success my junior year in high school. I got third at state and I was a Virginia beach, all American. So I was like, wow, man. So I spent that whole summer just kind of like doing extra wrestling and working out and stuff. I was like, well thinking about should I go to the military right away or should I do the college role first? So after my junior year, was kind of questioning kind of what path I was going to take. And then my senior year, I had a lot of success too.
0: And I got a lot of
1: college offers for wrestling. Um, now I did sign or I applied to Edinburgh university and I got in and I was talking with their coaches and stuff, but I also got another offer from Limestone University. They're a Division II college in South Carolina, and uh, that's where my assistant coach wrestled. So we were just kind of talking, and I was telling them, like, hey, like, I'm going to consider D1 if this is what I'm going to choose. And uh, they pretty much gave me a, a full scholarship if I was going to go Division Two. So I was like, wow, man, um, I can't pass that up. So I ended up deciding to go to Limestone University simply because they gave me that full scholarship and uh I mean I was kinda crunched on time too. So I didn't really weigh out the pros and cons and evaluate everything. But I mean they, they had the major that I wanted and I was gonna wrestle so on the full scholarship, so I took that and man, when I got to college, like everything I expected and prepared for just didn't happen like total 180 like everything i anticipated (laughs) like it it was it was a nightmare but it helped me grow a lot you know i lost my scholarship and uh i mean that that hurt a lot um how did you lose your scholarship well um i was varsity as a true freshman i didn't redshirt which i probably should have redshirted And it was just like, it was my first time living on my own, like way out of state and, uh, being a a pre-med major with a chemistry minor. Like that was hard and a Russell full time. So it's like, I had a lot of stuff like kind of stressing me and going on and, uh, just being young and naive and still a little immature, just kind of like let a lot of things get to me. And I was like, you know what? I felt like I was being mistreated, which really I wasn't. And I was like, I- I'm going to leave. So I, I decided to leave. And like me leaving was like, all right, we're just going to take your scholarship and uh, that'll be that. So I was like, whatever, I'm gone. And then I tried to enroll into uh division three school for a year. Um, well, I'll back it up a little bit. I was. Once I decided to leave, I, was, I wanted to transfer and I got accepted to Ohio University, um, which is a division one program and, uh, they were going to give me scholarship too. So I was like, okay, like this could be a good idea. But then, uh, I knew somebody at a division three college that ended up messaging me because uh, he had a, like one of my teammates at Limestone University his brother was an assistant coach up there and pretty much they just kind of reached out to me. Hey, we, we hear you're leaving you're wanting to transfer, like check us out. Uh, look us up, like at least just visit, like even if you don't want to come and stuff. And I was like, man, I'm not even going to consider D3. And like, cause I knew they didn't get scholarships out like, uh, athletic scholarships. But, uh, Somewhere along the lines, man. I was like, you know what? I'll just check them out. Like one of my uh, high school teammates went there, so I was like, well, I'll check them out just to see what it's about. And uh, honestly, the school is nice. It was a Vision Three school up in Cleveland called Baldwin Wallace University, and uh, they're actually a really nice academic school. And their athletics are really good. The wrestling program has been in the top ten for out maybe the past four to five years now. Um, I mean, I don't know, like the campus was just really nice. I knew people up there, but then they're messaging me saying like, yeah, we don't give out athletic money, but we could maybe match your scholarship through grant money and stuff like that. So I was like, wow, like even though I'm transferring, I might still have the chance to go to college, maybe debt-free or as low as possible. Um, so that's kind of what I decided. And then a lot of, a lot of things happened and I got my financial package late, like in August, which is like, that's like, usually you get that June, May or June. Um, so I got my package, man. And I looked at it and I didn't get anything. I got like a minimum transfer scholarship through academics even though I had a 4.0 GPA as a freshman in college in like a pre-med major and stuff. Um, but I didn't get any kind of grant money. So I had to owe like a lot of money out of pocket. And I was faced with, with a decision like, all right, do I go through with my decision to transfer and enroll into this division three school? Or should I, called the division two school back and say, Hey, can you guys please let me come back? I made a mistake, but I figured they would have slammed the door in my face. So I didn't even consider that. And then the third option was like, well, should I just take a gap year and then try to reapply next year? So I was like, well, I'll go through with my decision, which it was a hard path and it was probably the right decision to make. Um, but man, like (laughs) it caused a lot of stress and trauma and caused a lot of things to me. And it it took years to kind of like get over that kind of just like grow and mature from it. Um, but now I finished my year out at the division three school. And, uh, I mean, it it was a tough year, man. It was a really tough year. I probably should have registered there. Um, but I just, I literally just did four years straight in college and graduated. But, uh, before graduating, you know, I finished my year out, but then it came down to a financial burden. Like I just couldn't afford to go to school there anymore. So I had to only do a year at the Baldwin Wallace university. And then I was here. I am again, looking to transfer or just drop out altogether. Um, And what ended up happening was, end up emailing some people at a, a Limestone university college or Limestone university. Cause I had really good relationships with my professors and my goal was to go to medical school to be either like a doctor or a pharmacist or a dentist or something along these lines. So I was like, well, I don't want to start again, new at a third college and have no kind of relationship with the professors or people around me. So I was like, I'll, I'll take a shot in the dark. I'll uh, see if I can go back to Limestone University College or Limestone University or I'll just kind of drop out altogether. And uh, so I emailed their coaches like, hey, man, like I was really immature. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I'm not going to be returning to the Division three school. Would there be any kind of chance I could re enroll at Limestone. Um, I said I'll I'll literally redshirt or do whatever it takes to be on the team. I'll even be JV or whatever it takes. Like, uh, pretty much just like a lot, like, like kind of begging to go back and apologizing to. And uh, luckily, those coaches were really nice to let me come back. Um, So all I had to do was just transfer and that was that so my junior and senior year in college i was back at limestone university and uh originally i was trying to redshirt and because uh, there was like in my weight class there was at least nine nine wrestlers all together so i was like well i've had a crazy time so far in college i'm gonna redshirt and kind of like settle down just kind of keep getting adjusted to the college lifestyle, the athletic lifestyle and living on my own and socializing when I can. Uh, But man, a lot of craziness happened. Uh, Pretty much two or three guys got kicked off the team at that weight class. Two or three more guys decided to bump up a weight or cut down a weight. And then it was just left between me and like two other guys, and uh I pretty much I beat both of those guys, and I wrestled a few open tournaments, and I think I got first at two of them and then second at the third. So they were kind of bringing us in like, all right, for the team, would you rather red shirt or just have your red shirt pulled and uh, compete for us? And I was like, wow, you know, I wasn't expecting this, but it sounds like a great opportunity I should probably capitalize on. And uh, so I decided to pull my red shirt and just be a varsity wrestler again. Um, now I kind of just said yes without thinking about it. But uh, 74, I wrestled 174, and that was, that was the toughest weight class my junior and senior year. So it would have been nice to just redshirt and then uh, a year or two later from that have better success. But I was kind of looking at it more from like a team perspective because originally like what got me to leave was just being kind of selfish and just kind of like doing my thing as a freshman. So as a junior, I was like, well, I'll listen to the coaches and my teammates and uh do what's best for the team and not try to think about myself, you know. So I mean I, I had a lot of success in uh I got I I placed at the regional tournament, but I didn't place high enough to make it to nationals. Um but I was like, you know what, it's whatever. Uh it's part of the process. You can't win you can't win every time. And uh I got a lot better uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and just kind of grew as a person. So my senior year, I was like, all right, this is the year. Um, just kind of like putting all my eggs in a basket, like this is the year. And, uh, you know, started off really bad, kind of wasn't trained properly. I was kind of focused on my academics and still kind of like, not all the way bought in to like the program or the training for the wrestling team. And, uh, I mean, I was still a varsity wrestler, but I kind of held myself back a lot. And, uh, I mean, it was probably the worst year I've ever had as far as like performance and records and stuff. And, uh, the the first semester was hard, but the second semester I turned it around and uh had a lot of success but then when it came time for the regional tournament so like the thing with uh anything from like division 2 and under is like you go to your regional tournament you got to place like top 4 top 3 to go to nationals so i was like well i was in a good spot to reach that goal but uh during the regional tournament man this uh, team fight broke out and uh, it looked really bad on my end because I ran across two mats to kind of break up the fight. So, and they got that on camera. So I was like, man, that's like, so what happened there was I was warming up on a match next to me on a mat next to me. And, uh, I was watching one of my teammates, Russell in the consolation matches. And, uh, So he lost his first match, and then he actually beat a guy who was a returning All-American and a senior. So as soon as that happened, man, that guy's season was done, and uh, he was pissed. So what happened was he sucker-punched my teammate. My teammate kind of threw his hands up, just kind of walking backwards, like, whoa, like, what's going on? Why are you punching me? The dude threw a second punch because he knew his season was over, so he had nothing else to lose. And then their coaches started rushing in. Our teammates started rushing in. So I was like, damn, dude. And I kind of just ran across the mat and started pulling people apart. But it looked really bad because I ran across two mats. So then they ended up pulling some guys aside. They pulled from my team. The guy that got sucker punched, another kid that came in and punched somebody, and they pulled me apart. And they said, All right, guys, you guys are kicked out of the tournament. You were involved with this team fight or whatever. And we were kind of just baffled like, What are you talking about? Like, no one on the other team got in trouble at all. Like, the guy that sucker punched my teammate didn't get in any kind of trouble, which was confusing. And then his team's coaches were punching other people and none of them got in trouble. So that was kind of confusing too. But, uh, the guy that got sucker punched twice and literally didn't retaliate, he got kicked out of the tournament. Uh, another kid on my team got kicked out and I got kicked out. So I was just like baffled, like, wow, all this stress and hard work and craziness and all the work that I put in junior high in high school for it to end like that. My senior year in college was just kinda like like damn dude, this sucks. This is a nightmare. But uh I tried to push it aside and focus on graduate like finishing the rest of the semester like academically, which I did. Um end up graduating with a three point eight five GPA as a pre medicine biology major. With a chemistry minor. Um, so I was like, well, at least I did that. Maybe now it's worth it. But, <laughs> um, you know, I got my degree in South Carolina. And the area that I live in in Ohio is Southwest Ohio. So it's like I decided to move back home. And I was living with my parents. Um, I was like, all right, I'll probably start working in like a hospital or like some kind of like medical lab, get experience for maybe a year. And then I'll start applying to like medical schools. So pretty much like, man, I applied to like 70 or more places and I would have like, I would have a good, like I probably had over 10, somewhere between like 12 and 17 interviews. And, uh, kind of like it was the same story every interview where it was like, all right, uh, we see that you're from limestone university. What college is that? We don't even know where that's at. We had to look it up or some places wouldn't even look it up. They kind of thought I had like a fake degree or whatever. Um, because the area that I'm at is like, you've got university of Cincinnati, people from Ohio state are still kind of in the area. Sinclair Community College, Wright State University, Kettering College, Cedarville. Um like there's there's a lot of pretty big time colleges around where I'm at, uh, Miami University. So it was like the things that I were was applying to, like, those students were also applying to. So uh man, like I I, <laughs> I got denied or not considered almost Every single time, and uh I finally did land a job. I worked for a hospital in in uh, one of their like uh blood work laboratories, so they had like like blood products chemistry your analysis stuff um like it was pretty much like only a lab assistant, but it only required like a high school degree, so it was like the thing that I could have done just needed like an extra year, like a certificate. to do. Um, I was like, well, I'll just, I got in, let's, let's go with it. I mean, it it was an all right job. I just like quickly realized like, man, this isn't really what I want. And, uh, kind of like my degree is like a lot of people do like nursing or like stuff like that, like patient care. And, uh, I was like, you know what, this kind of just isn't for me. Like, this isn't what I want to do. Like, I would rather try to keep pursuing that athletic dream. Um, So I was like, man, like MMA is like where it's at. So kind of got a little ahead of myself. Like when I was a junior in college, it was kind of like when I started training um, and I had my first fight like right after, right after my sophomore year ended and I was back home, I had my first fight and I'd only been training for like two months. <laughs> and I ended up losing by a split decision as an amateur. Um, So like my thing in wrestling was like, I could never really pin people, but I could take you down, let you up like a hundred times and just like tech fall. fall you. Or like, score back points off, like, a tight waist tilt. It's so like, <laughs> that's kind of how my fight went. Like, literally, I walked out there, maybe threw a jab to a takedown, passed the guard, got the crucifix, literally started pounding the dude's face, like, bouncing off the canvas. And I just, like, let him up. And uh, everybody was like, what are you doing? Literally do the same thing, like, three to five more times. And, like, bam, we go to the second round. I'm kind of tired, like, man. So the guy starts throwing just literally one tooth the whole time. Catching me, catching me. I'm not blocking. I'm not even punching back. I just kind of walk straight forward, take him down, pass the guard, ground a pound, crucifix, let him up. Like, I probably did that, I don't know, somewhere around 10 times. ended up losing by split decision. Um, but, like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, is this sport for me? Is there potential? Like I need to like really train and focus my striking. Like I got to take it serious. And, uh, so it's pretty much what I did. Like I, I went through my junior year and then, uh, once I came back, like, I was like, all right, we'll start taking this MMA thing serious because this could be something I could pursue. If, uh, like the medical school or whatever doesn't work out, So, uh, the summer, like after my junior year in uh, college, I started training a little more serious. I kind of, kind of started doing some more striking combos or just feeling more comfortable in it. And then, uh, I fought three times, actually. I won three amateur fights in a row and then finished out my senior year in college. So then, like after I graduated and then moved back, and then after all of like the jobs didn't work out, the interviews didn't work out, I was like, man, I can't even get a job with a bachelor's degree in pre medicine. And uh, good luck just trying to get into med school without experience or references or any kind of shadowing. So, like, well, maybe I should train full time. Because like, I still wasn't really training MMA full time. I still didn't know if it was for me or not. Um, so I was like, whatever. I had I got a fight offer for a belt, but then I got tapped out in, like, 19 seconds, man. Like, dude hit me with some kind of, like, knee bar, like, some kind of modified knee bar. And uh, I was like, man, dude, this sucks. Like, like, is this sport for me or not? So, like, I took another
0: loss. And then this that, was probably. That was when you um, you fought Shomer. I think that was the first time I ever saw you. That was in September yeah,
1: 2018. Well, uh, yeah. Um, so I lost to Sam. And then
0: I lost to another guy. And then I fought Shomer. But, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Ac- those, those according, nice. according to Tapology, it says just Sam. Maybe it's it's mixed up there. I don't know. They don't always record everything. Um,
1: oh, okay. Yeah. They might have missed one. Yeah. Uh, forget the guy's name. Trent Stump or something, I think, was a guy.
0: Yeah, according um, to this one here, it says that you 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 fought Trent Stump in November. So technically, that was right after, a couple months after the Shomer fight.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Um, oh, that was the Shomer fight. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, the the Paul Shomer fight. That was my first introduction to Hard Rock slash B two. Um, it was actually kind of funny. Like I was just scrolling through Facebook and I saw this fight. It was actually Damon Bell versus, uh, man, I
0: forget who he fought. He fought that, that ball strip. Um, yeah, he fought that was da- Damon really, Bell really the first fight. Jeff Johnson at the, yeah. uh, uh, fourth street live at, at, August eleventh of two thousand eighteen for Hard Rock MMA one hundred. I was there.
1: Yeah, that was that was actually my first introduction. I saw that fight and I was like, "Wow, man, I want to fight for these guys like this. Like this is the league. Like like this is cool. This is hardcore. Like these guys are good and they love to fight." So I was like, like I still kind of wasn't full time training yet, but you know I, I had those fights and I was like, well. Something's still here. Like, like I've got like skills to be good, but I'm just not like refined yet. You know, like I was still like raw, like raw talent, just kind of just going out there, just trying to find ways to win. And, uh, you know, I had my fight with Paul and, uh, you know, it was a barn burner, man. Like it was a tough fight, action packed. And, uh, it went all the way to the decision. Like I thought I won the fight but Paul ended up winning by decision. And uh, honestly, it was probably, it was, it was the right call. Like, if I would have won that fight, I would have been way too, like, big-headed and just, like, man, this is it. Like, like I still didn't hardly have any skills. I literally had zero And, like, I didn't even know how to throw a one-two-three punch combo. <laughs> so I was like, man, if I would have won that fight, like, it just would have been, like, like like, a false win. Kind of like falsely representing myself because I wasn't near like I wasn't even ready at that point. But uh I was like, you know what? I took I took quite a number of months off, and then that's kind of like when I ended up switching to like a g- another gym was a uh, Dayton Vision. So I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I need to be full time and really dive into it. I can't just be part-time and expect to be good. So I made the gym switch and uh, from my house, you know, it's probably like a 40, 45 minute drive or so like there. And then the same way back. So it was like, man, cause uh, after the shimmer fight, they kind of invited me like, Hey man, train with us anytime. Cause it was like him, Doug Sh- or, uh, Schwab. And then Luke Charlie was up there. Elias Graham Hunter was up there. Um, I was like, dude, like that is the gym, man. And uh, so I started training there in 2019. So, uh, and then like literally my first introduction to B two slash Hard Rock was the Damon Bell fight, and I ended up fighting Damon Bell. Is like my first fight in 2019. I think that was somewhere around March or so. Yep. in uh, March ninth, I won yep. by. March 9th I won by decision and uh but well, like er- everything about me just felt much improved I was like man like that was just in like a few months and like a gym change like imagine if I could give myself more time and then focus like because I was like right at the start where I was like like jumping into like full-time training for the most part like uh I train more frequently now but like at the time you know like, I was doing way more than what I was. So, I, I won that fight against uh, Damon Bell, and then I fought, I believe, Josh Stinnett next. But, um, now I was
0: scheduled to fight Adrian Jenkins. Yeah, in, uh... I remember when you guys were <laughs> scheduled to fight each other. He was, like, 45 years old.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, like stud.
0: Oh, like yeah. I still AJ's hadn't done pieces.
1: any jujitsu. Jiu
0: Jitsu and, and it's got real well, intense striking too. AJ's a stud.
1: Oh yeah. And uh he was cutting down from eighty five to seventy because 'cause I mostly fought one seventy as an amateur. Um but yeah, like great fighter man. I was like, you know what? Let's test myself. I kinda I still <laughs> didn't know what I was getting myself into. Like I literally had zero jujitsu at this point, so I I would say Adrian would have beat me. Um, Striking was a lot better than mine. Definitely his grappling. Um, But, you know, like, he he got hurt, unfortunately. And then Josh Stinnett stepped in. Um, So I was like, all right. My plan, even to fight AJ, was just to keep it all striking. Because I felt like that was, like, the one area where I was, like, really lacking. Um, Because... I didn't even consider jujitsu, man. Like, like I had, I was like, man, I'm a wrestler. Like, I, <laughs> I don't need to be doing this. Um, but you know, that was, that was a different me, but I was like for the Josh, that fight, I was like, I'm just going to focus on stand up only. Like if I can just fight this guy standing only stuff, the shots and finish him on the feet. then I think I might have it. And literally like, that's what happened. Like, Um, I boxed him only. I stuffed his shots. I clipped them and then ended up knocking them out. And I was like, dude, I got this. Like, like that was like, my confidence was like kind of rising. I was like, you know what? I didn't use any kind of grappling to do this. and I felt like I was more improved. Um, so then I took another like quick turnaround fight, maybe a month or two after that. Um, well, actually, no, I didn't. When I knocked Josh out actually broke my hand doing it. Um so that put me out at least for two months. But then I took another fight against uh Downey Scott for a different league because 'cause I'm we got offered it and I was like like why not? Like like I felt ready, my hand was healed and I was like I'm gonna do the same game plan. I was gonna strike the guy only. Pretty much that's what I did, but I just ended up winning by decision there. And uh, I was like, well, I'm just going to only focus on Hard Rock now after that. And then uh, I got offered a couple fights for Hard Rock after the Donnie Scott fight. But some, somehow the fights couldn't work out. And then Higson was like, you know what? Let's just make this uh, Corey Holbrook matchup. He's the four-note champ at 185. He wants to be the double champ. And cut down to 170, and I was like, "All right," I was like, "Let's do it." Like uh, I felt ready. I felt like my striking was good, and uh, my wrestling was good enough to to beat him. And uh, I was like, "You know what? I don't care what his record is, or him being the champ at another weight." I was like, "Let's let's keep testing myself." I just won three fights in a row. I've got great training partners behind me. Like I just had a lot of confidence. but at the same time, I still knew I was lacking a lot. Um, but I was just really confident in myself. And, uh, like, it's it's kind of the same story now. It's like, I'm really confident in myself, but I'm not cocky where it's like I can beat everybody. Like I still know, like I got a a lot of things to work on, but, uh, anyways, I mean, Corey fought and, uh, you know, I was, kind of the same game plan, just kind of strikes with him. I was striking and, uh, he actually took me down. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, let's stand back up. I got up and then right at the end of the first round, I threw this like stupid overhand punch, but I didn't turn my hand. So I actually hit him with my thumb. And as soon as my thumb connected on his like forehead, it, I actually broke my thumb. So it was the second time I broke my hand uh in 2019. And I was like, "Damn, dude." Like literally in the first round. I go back to my corner. You can kind of see me in the YouTube video kind of like shaking it out, pulling on my thumb. And uh all I could think about was we got four more rounds. I'm not even I'm not even thinking about how hurt my thumb is right now. Like like I felt it break. Like I knew like it was I knew it was gonna hurt, but it didn't hurt right away because you have the adrenaline going. Um I was like, Man, we got four more rounds. I'm not even gonna think about my thumb. So uh I told my coaches like, hey, uh <laughs> I just broke my hand again, but uh don't call the fight, like I'm good, I'm ready to fight. She's so, like, okay, man, we believe in you. and I went <laughs> I went out there in the second round and I was still kinda boxing him. he, he kind of hit me with a one-two combo. I was like, I was like, damn, dude. And I uh, just kind of took him down after that. And literally, as soon as I got him on the ground, I threw a couple body shots because I knew he was cutting a lot of weight. It was his first time at seventy, so uh, I just I, I thought, you know, he's not adjusted yet. Softened the body up. As soon as I did that, he kind of rolled over, and then literally with my my right hand like the thumb side that I broke, I just start just punching away, punching away and then the PKO and, um, and, uh, I was like, wow, dude, I can't even believe this right now. I just, uh, would the double champ or the undefeated champ with a broken hand. And, uh, like, man, I got this. So I was like, after the fight, man, I was so hyped up. And, uh, I started looking at the schedule cause they posted the schedule on Facebook and I was like, Oh man, they're coming to date in Ohio, December 7th, I believe. And, uh, I was like, you know what? If my thumb can heal in time, I'm going to defend my title. And, uh, you know, luckily it did. I got lucky both times where I broke my hand. The first time was my index knuckle and the second time was on my like thumb, like at the base of my thumb. But both of them just didn't require surgery. So it was literally just like that four to eight weeks frame where it's like, as long as you're not being like stupid about it or banging your hands up training, like the healed. Like I was still just like shadow boxing, getting cardio and kind of like white weightlifting and stuff. Um, and like that, that was kind of enough. Like PT just kind of like accelerate the, the healing process. But then, uh, you know, December rolls around, my hand's good. It's, like, literally, like, every every time it's, like, a, a week or two, like, it's fully healed. All right, let's fight. So I got matched up with
0: that Cameron McIntosh. Man, that was a pretty crazy fight, too. Um, I remember that I, was like, I All right. commented that one. That was a memorable fight. For some reason, certain <laughs> fights stick with me. And that one was fucking weird. Yeah, everything about it, man. <laughs> Like, uh, I remember just
1: warming up. Um, well actually I'll back up. So I get there and, uh, I was thinking like, all right, I defend my title. I'll get like a second belt and I'll have like two, like one seventy belts. But Brandon was like, nah, man, if you lose, you got to give your belt to him. And I was like, I was like, man, there's no way I'm freaking losing this fight. So, uh, And it was in Ohio too. So it was like same day weigh-ins. I was like, man, I'm not even going to let that bother me. Uh, I'm not even going to think about losing. So I went out there like I'm in the back warming up, but it's like, you're at the curtains, like right before you walk out, like your music comes on and it's like, all right, pop out of the curtains and walk to the cage. And, uh, he, he actually walked out first. And at the time, like he didn't have a Facebook. So I'm thinking like he just didn't like submit his music and they just picked a random song or maybe he chose to pick the song. But I've got Tyler Combs. If you know who Tyler Combs is in my ear, man, you better kill this guy. Why are you smiling so much? You're about to be in a fight. He wants to kill you. You better kill him. And then all of a sudden you hear Miley Cyrus party in the USA. Come on. (laughs) And he starts freaking out oh my God, dude, no way this guy's coming out to this music. F this guy. And I was just like, I couldn't even hold it, man. I started laughing. I was like, dude, like, 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 I love to fight. So it makes me smile, but it's like Tyler freaking out. just like made me laugh at Tyler. So then, you know, finally I walk out there and I'm just like, all right, balance around. Let's freaking fight. So I go out there and now like we're both in the cage. All uh, right. They say, Let's go. And we started fighting. Literally the first jab he threw, like, split my eyebrow all the way across. And uh, I, I didn't notice it until, like, we started clenching on the side of the cage. I could see, like, blood running down. And I was like, I was "Like no way that's me. He just hit me with a jab. And I back away and kind of wiped my face. And I was like, dude, my whole hand is covered in blood. So I was like, wow. Like, like and my game plan was just to keep striking the guy, like, strike only. I felt like that was like the only area I needed to work on um, before I a professional if I got that chance. Um, so it's pretty much how the first round ended, which is us slogging it out. And, uh, man, I go back to the corner, dude, and uh, the doctor's like looking like, dude, we got to call the fight, man. Your eye's too bad. And I look at the doctor thinking about what Brandon Higdon said. Like, dude, if you lose, you got to give your belt to your opponent. And I was like, hey, man, like, just looking at the doctor real calm. I was like, hey, man, please, can you give us just one more round? Like, if it, if it gets worse or starts bleeding any worse, call it. But this is a title fight. Can you please give us one more round? And uh, maybe just something about me being real sincere about it was like, all right, I'll give you a round. If it gets worse, we're calling it. So I was like, man, as soon as he said that, I start clapping, jumping around. I start parting my hair. Like, dude, I'm about to fuck this guy up, dude. <laughs> and, uh, he, I just, I remember like rewatching it, like listening to you, like commentating. He just parted his hair. <laughs> and, uh, did, I, did I say that? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, I love the fact that he's smiling. He just parted his hair too. <laughs> I gotta
0: go rewatch it. <laughs> and that. literally
1: I just, <laughs> Oh, man, it was funny. Like, I didn't notice the time until I rewatched it. But starting that second round, I was like, dude, it's game on. I'm going to finish this guy or else I'm going to lose. So I run out at the dude, start throwing punches, trying to slam him around, pass the guard, trying to, like, TKO him like I did to Holbrook. And, uh, you know, he, he was good, man. He was just one of those guys, like, like I wasn't ready to finish a guy like that yet. Um... Like, he, he was good. He was really tough. So, like, you know, I, I didn't get to finish. But, like, in the round two, I was like, oh, like am I bleeding? I wasn't bleeding because I kind of, like, protected my eye and just kind of grappled with him more. And the doc was like, well, it's not any worse. Let's, let's uh, see how round three goes. So, I'm like, hell yeah, dude, round three. Kind of the same story. But he kind of clipped me a little bit and I started bleeding some more. But nothing too major. And the doctor was like, well, like, you're good to go, man, round four. And in round four, dude, I uh, maybe one of the first punches I throw was kind of like an overhand right, bounced off the top of his forehead and, like, broke my hand again. So, literally, I broke my hand three times in uh, 2019 as an amateur. And uh, from that point on, it was just kind of jab, jab, kick, circle, circle, take him down. And that's kind of how rounds four and five went and ended up winning, winning the fight. I was like, man, I'm going to find a way to win. Cause I'm not giving my belt away. Um, especially in my hometown. And, uh, you know, I won the fight and then I was just talking with my coaches at the time. Like, Hey, well, keep breaking my hand. I don't want to do this for free. I won five fights in a row and then defended my, the amateur belt that I had. So I was like, all right, I got this dude. Like, like, let's try to make a professional run now. And, uh, honestly, I I started way too soon. Um, because literally at that point, like I I still hadn't done any kind of jujitsu, man. Like, like, yeah, I wrestled, but like once you're a pro man, like, like jujitsu, like you guys will just tap you left and right. Um, they don't knock you out, but, uh, I was like, well, let's go pro. I was like, I want to make my debut and then take some time off to just train and get better. So, uh, shortly after that, man, the end of January was when I made my professional debut against Rayvon Baxter. Um, really tough dude, man. Uh, I think it was nine or 10 and two as an amateur. And then, uh, I'm not sure what his pro record is now, but we've we fought each other as O and O pros. He's actually in bare knuckle now. And uh, So is David Bell. And uh, pretty much like when I was a pro, I was like, well, let's play to my strengths. I just kind of threw a one, two, three combo at him and then took him down off the cage and uh, ended up getting the TKO win in the, in my pro debut. And, uh, you know, I, I was still super confident, still really confident. Like, man, like, I think I actually have this, like I could do something. So like, like I was training the full time, but not like to the extent that I do currently. And then I took another fight literally like the week before the coronavirus shut everything down. I took a fight against a pretty tough guy I ended up getting bird naked choked in the third. And I was like, dude, like, this cannot happen. Like, like, I was just so confident in my wrestling and whatever kind of striking I thought I had. Like, I was like, man, I went against that guy and just kind of got humbled, which is what I needed. Um, So, like, once the shutdown happened, man, like, then I found out I was having a son. So I was like, all right, now I got to really evaluate some stuff. Like I need to do jujitsu. I need to start training more. And, uh, like I have a son on the way, so I can't be driving and working full time. Like, cause I was still working full time from like 2019, pretty much to now still, um, working in trainer full time. Uh, like, man, I got to find something closer to home. So then, like luckily like there was a gym that just opened up like maybe 10 to 12 minutes away from me. And it was like a primarily like like, no gi based jujitsu gym, but they were still doing like MMA and like MMA guys were going there. It's just like, it's mostly a jujitsu gym. And I was like, dude, this is what I need. So like, uh, maybe like June or July of 2020. Like that was when I first like, Like I made another gym switch, um, because like they kind of shut down Dayton Vision, and then guys started like leaving to other places. Like that kind of sucked to see happen. So I was like, well, it makes sense to kind of switch gyms and then be closer to home, and it's like a jujitsu based gym. So like that's what I did in 2020. And uh, man, ever since then, dude, like it's almost like the more you learn, the more like you don't know. It's like <clears throat> took some time off and the more I did jiu-jitsu like the more I just kept getting humbled and humbling myself and like really realizing like how big of gaps I had in my game. And like even still, man, like there's so many gaps in my game. But it's like it's like once you start seeing that, like you can kinda game plan and sharpen still, and like it gives you something to look forward to. Um so man like I just I started training real hard there. I started doing like 5 to 6 times a week um at the gym. So like I got my jiu-jitsu like kind of accelerated and I had really good I have really really, really good coaches and really really good teammates. It's at a Queen City Grappling Club in Middletown, Ohio. Um Man, highly recommended gym for anybody, like, interested. Sundays are always free at uh, 10 a.m. for grappling. Um, but, man, they, they helped me so much. And then I took that fight with Gavin Agnew. Um, kind of don't know when that was.
0: Might have been, like, October of 2020. Yep. yep, October. I remember you looked good in that fight. I remember walking away from that and thinking, man, Jimmy's boxing looks really good.
1: Yeah, like honestly, what helped me, man, and like, like, even like right now is like the more jujitsu I learned, the more confidence I had in my actual like boxing and striking. Because it was like, all right, like, like I'll strike with these guys, and like I'll try to like work my combos, my angles, my head movement, and the fangs and stuff. Like, like when I fought Agni, I didn't really have a lot of that stuff. But it's like, like the more jujitsu I did the more confident my striking cause it's like, well, well, if they take me down, I feel sure. confident enough enough to just stand back up or
0: maybe or catch least, a guy in some kind of submission yeah, or, or, or sleep, at least not get submitted too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or at least have enough knowledge to kind of like defend and kind of secure certain things. Like, like, man, like that was honestly like the biggest, like the biggest move in my game was just, doing jujitsu like like yeah i wrestled yeah i had some kind of somewhat of a striking like introduction but it's like honestly i think maybe the best the best art for mma is
0: probably jujitsu well if you have but that now like you want to supplement yeah wrestling foundation like you had i mean for you it was I, it's so difficult right to to say yeah what someone it, it's needs, really, really difficult yeah, yeah. I,
1: yeah so kind of taking the side step from my fights like it, it's kind of difficult to like determine like like, like yeah it's like jujitsu is good but it's like that wrestling like kind of gives you like a cheat code to like oh, yeah. move or scramble or get up or something. like it's so different having like a jujitsu match against like a straight jujitsu guy versus like a wrestling jujitsu guy like it's so much more frustrating when they know wrestling so like like once I started doing that man, like I just felt way more confident in my strut, like stand up. So it was like like Gavin was taking me down where I was like, I'm just gonna butterfly hook and stand back up. Uh or hit like a traditional stand up and wrestling. Like he took my back a couple times and just broke his hand grip and uh, cut out and then uh what what ended up happening in the second round was I switched to southpaw and he didn't catch that, and that's how I knocked him out. Well, TKO'd him. Um, like I, I was confident enough, that like if he takes me down, I can just get up or sweep him, defend. But uh, when I switched my stance, I caught him off guard and dropped him and got that TKO in. Um, may, maybe a, a lucky punch, you know, like I think he had more skills than me. I just kind of caught him. Uh, but man, like MMA is such a crazy sport, man. Anything can happen. Um, but it's like like the more I did jujitsu, man, the more confident I was just getting. Like like I realized how many, how, like how big a gap for in my game. But I was like, Well, let's just keep training, keep training. And then I took another fight in uh, twenty twenty one in January against Irvin Jones in uh <clears throat> My jujitsu was getting a little bit more, like, advanced. I kind of fought him the same way that I fought Gavin. Just strike him only. He takes me down. I'll get back up. Strike him again. And, uh, I mean, (laughs) it was kind of counterintuitive for me in that fight because I was giving him, like, way too much stuff. And uh, eventually, I just kept getting up enough times to where he got tired. And he shot in. And I just submitted him in the third round with a guillotine choke. And the uh, <laughs> at that point that made me three and one as a pro. And I was like, "Wow, dude! Like, man! Like that, that's kind of, that's actually pretty hard to do. Like being three and one, four, five and one. Like that's really hard to do as a pro." So I was like, "I was like, all right, let's keep testing myself." Um, and that's when I had the Yemi Odewal fight. And I actually requested that fight from Hard Rock. Um, I just thought, man, he, he's the one of the top guys. He currently still is one of the top guys, probably second best next to uh, the current champ, Robert Hale. Um, I was like, man, I, I can beat this guy. Like that's that's like a title contender fight right there. Like if I get a win over a stud like that. And, uh, like I was, my ground, I felt good on the ground, but I just, I kind of backed away from the wrestling and, uh, he would take me down. I still didn't really have good boxing combos. He just kind of like <clears throat> flip left and right, maybe through like a one straight counter shot and then to a takedown or circle me to the cage and then body lock trip me. So uh yeah, me ended up winning the decision there. and uh you know it's sucked to lose i had had a lot of momentum going, and I kind of got like just stopped, you know kind of kind of abruptly, but not really. I was like, man, like this guy just out wrestled me like that's pretty much what I am is, like a wrestler, like like how did that happen so it was like ever since that fight, I tried to spend a little bit more time kind of just like dialing it back, really breaking down like fight videos. It was like, I would watch like fight videos, but not really like, like deep dive, the tech technical stuff, like striking, circling, wrestling, jujitsu, like everything. I like, I would just watch it, but not deep dive. So ever since the Yemi fight, like, Like, man, I was just like deep diving, like technique and all traditional, like traditional, like martial arts, like, like boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, jujitsu. Like instead of blending it, I was like, let's try to focus on the traditional technique and then make that kind of blend itself together uh, instead of like skipping steps. But really, I just kept focusing on my jujitsu. And, uh, I was like, man, like the better I am on the ground, the better I'll be striking. So then, uh, somewhere along the lines, like that's when me and Paul got the, uh, match up as a professional this time. But, uh, (laughs) like, like we were good, good friends, man. Like really wasn't like super malicious, but kind of was. Cause, uh, like I left, but and that didn't look good, but he took a lot of time off. So I was kind of hurt about that. But then like, he kind of called me out a couple of times in that time frame, like where I was training somewhere else. And, uh, you know, like, like we were both like up and comers. So like our goal is to win the belt and just keep going, you know? Um, so he called me out a couple of times and then. B two was coming to Dayton. I think it was like June twenty sixth, twenty twenty one, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, let's let's make this matchup, man. Like this would be a great matchup," <laughs> and it actually ended up being like a really really good fight. Because um, then, like you know, we were just both more established, we were sharper, and we had that fight, man. And I I kept using that thing like like I thought I won I swear I won the first first time but now like like now I have some time like where I've trained and grew and learned and stuff like like let's fight again and like let's let's see who's really the real champ this time because uh, I ended up winning the belt as an amateur but Paul easily could have done that too and uh, we both had wins over former champs and then kind of kind of like similar like opponents that we fought. So we were like, well, let's see who, who the real champ is kind of thing. We fought, man. It was a crazy fight. It actually ended up winning pro fight of the year in Ohio, 2021. Um, which, you know, I I didn't expect that, but that just kind of goes to show like how good of a fight it is. Um, the man, ever since that fight, man, like I got the call from Combate Global and uh, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Like, let's take these next steps because that, that's kind of the goal too, you know, is like, yeah, like get established, get as good as you can possibly get and then start making those jumps because it's like. Like they kind of offered us, and it's like one of those things where it's like, well, you can't really say no because then it's like the, they won't call you back, kind of a kind of a thing, you know. So it was like when I had my first fight for them, like I was ready for that fight, but how I fought wasn't like the smartest approach, and then I was still kind of lack like like the way I fought. My first combate fight, I was lacking like a lot of details and technique because it was literally just like a, a boxing match the whole time. And, uh, like we went to the ground a couple times, but it was like he, I took him down, he took me down, and we both stood up. And then I jumped for a guillotine, and then he slipped out, we stood back up. up and it was just a boxing fight, but it's like, like when you're fighting guys from like, Mexico or Europe, like like those are primarily like striking based like like fighters, you know, it's so like like where I wrestled in like the time frame that I've wrestled from like first grade to four years in college, like those guys are doing like boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai like kind of in that similar like time frame. Especially like fighters from Asia. So it's like, well I just need to spend more time like actually striking, deep diving the technique and then sharpening up my jiu jitsu game. So it's like like uh I took another fight after that I got caught in an arm bar. I I got caught in that on some like basic technique that I just kinda of failed to um like take action towards like I didn't pass the guard like I should have. I just you straight up with my arms locked. And that's like, you can't do that against a brown belt. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man, like recently I just won two two fights for Combate. I I guillotined a guy and then uh, just won by decision most recently. But it's like, like for me, like kind of what helps me the most is like just adding the jiu-jitsu to my game and then sharpening my technique and like deep diving technique. i like striking and uh, like jujitsu and stuff. So it's like, like I still got a long way to go, man. Like I've got a lot of work left to do. Um, but it's like the more I can focus on like traditional, like martial arts, like if I can just like pull, pull boxing, like by itself or like Muay Thai by itself or jujitsu by itself or wrestling by itself. Like that's kind of what gives me the most success, and then like watching like fighters that are like a similar weight class to mine and with like a similar like body style, like if I can see what they're having success with and then trying to like do that myself like like that's what gives me the most success, and uh I love it, like man, like yeah like like I, I've improved a lot, but it's like I've got a long way to go, man, like like uh. So that's just,
0: that's just part of the journey. Like even the best guys in the world can still improve. Oh um, yeah, man. It seems it's like, like you're all in on this. You keep trying to polish your, your, uh, your set, And I think you've got the perfect mentality and attitude for that. That's so valuable.
1: Yeah, man. I, I, I appreciate it. Like it's pretty much what it is. It's just like, just keep getting better from yesterday. Like, like there's so much like work to do. There's so much to learn. And then trying to like implement all that into like your own personal like body mechanics, like like that's kind of what separates guys from others is like their actual body mechanics and how like they can make those things work to your like their advantage. I love like it. That, that's kind of what I'm focusing on now, um, Jimmy. Just I've just got a keep co- getting better.
0: Hell yeah! I've just got a couple minutes left before we wrap things up. Um, a few comments. John Eric Gilbert posted this Playgirl. Uh, uh, Photoshop that he did. What's up with that? That's from the Avery thing, Big Brother challenge. Is that right? Yeah, that's right,
1: man. Uh, I, I got assume. to play an Avery's game. I love it. And uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm the shark. If you didn't know, Callie, I'm the shark. Like, is, is that? Right? Um, that's right. I used to train with Daryl Ray oh, uh, in the when I, I trained with Daryl Ray. About like, that. we already know he's a legend, man. And it's like. When I was going with him, he's like, dude, you just keep going forward. You have great cardio. Like, you're a beast. You're a killer. Like, you're a shark. And uh, actually, when I beat Corey Holbrook in my amateur fight, like, you see me run to the cage, and I start screaming and pointing at the cage. I'm, like, actually, like, like saying, like, you did this, Daryl. Like, you helped me. Like, like, you're the man, dude. So, like, the shark stuck. <laughs> like, the name kind of stuck. So
0: like, when I played the game. Uh, everything big brother. So when you played the game or when you beat Corey Holbrook, you went to the the side of the cage and you said, Daryl, this is where I, I got the power is from you referring to me as the shark. And then you took that into the everything big brother game. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right, man. Um, You know, he kind of birthed me into the game and uh, the shark, he's an alpha player, man. Like he made the Playgirl cover and everything. Like I was trying to build him up me and a couple of other people were trying to build up the shark and then uh unfortunately I got evicted abruptly from the game so we couldn't see the more elaborated character development of the shark. But he poetically got
0: Julius Caesared by everybody in the house. Um so I mean that it means, is what it is. That means you are a threat. Next question. Trey Wills asked, is anyone on his radar? Someone you'd like to fight next or soon? Ooh, yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to be fighting for Combate again.
1: Um, yeah, man. I <laughs> Like, the matchmaker, I gave a list of 10 different names. So, like, like guys in the list and now, like, off of the list I'd like, the fight would be, like, Yair Perez. Levy Maruquin, Miguel Viejas, Hugo Flores. Wow, Um, man, like those are four of the top guys right now. Maybe down the road a rematch with that Sam Alvarez guy. Uh, There's another European, Patrick Lehan. That'd be an insane fight, man. He's he's a stud from Ireland.
0: Okay, Um, golly, there's a couple guys from
1: Italy I want to fight.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: Jacques alone. I don't know his last name. And then uh, they matched me up with another guy. I kind of forget his name. Um, Yeah,
0: man, I'm I'm looking at all these guys and it's like, those are the top guys. So it's like, I'm trying to take that from them and like elevate myself to the top. Hell yeah. Uh, Next question. Jesse Romans asked, I want to know where he sees himself in two years. Jimmy, where do you see yourself in two years? Ooh, in two years, hopefully I have, that combate
1: belt. If I don't have the belt, hopefully I have enough win streaks to get into like bigger leagues. Um, like I'm look like it'd be amazing to be in one championship, Bellator UFC. Or if, uh, if I kind of ride out like a contract at combate, if I somehow end up at B2 again, I'm trying to take all the belts at B2 55 for sure. Um, but, I'm trying to keep elevating my game so like I'm looking like to use Combate as uh a path to kind of skyrocket myself to like
0: Bellator, or one championship or possibly UFC or PFL. Hell yeah. Okay, Jimmy Sandlin, I appre- Are you the Shark or is it Sandstorm? It could be a Shark NATO, who knows. A Shark NATO. <laughs> okay, the Shark NATO. Before we wrap things up, Jimmy, what social media plugs or shout-outs would you like to get in? Um definitely my Instagram. I believe it's Jimmy Sandstorm.
1: Um, I'm on Facebook. I've got an athlete page as well. I do have a Twitter, but I don't really use my Twitter. Um, I believe it's still Jimmy Sandstorm on Twitter and I literally just made a TikTok over the weekend and that one's Jimmy Sandstorm. Um, so it's like, I'm looking to just keep putting out content and I'm trying to make like videos now and I'll probably add like training stuff down the road. But uh, pretty much, that's what I'm mostly on Instagram right now.
0: I love it. Jimmy Sandlin, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon, Jimmy. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. That was a long one, man. That was random, but I always appreciate it's it. It's
0: all good, man. I love it. Occasionally, these, these episodes take you know they take different forms, and I think we covered a lot of good stuff today. So great shit. Thank you very much for coming on, man. Have a great rest of your weekend. Or or evening. Thank you, Kelly. thank (laughs) Thank you, Kelly. You as well. Will do. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon.